So there are so many types of things in the world that are created by other people just like us, other creative types. And sometimes it's a song you might hear, maybe it's a movie you might watch or a book you might read. There are things that are going to inform and, and inspire what we create. Now, how do we take that energy and that inspiration and make it something unique, something that is us, and something that is going to be returning the favor, putting greatness back out into the world? Let's talk about how that works. Hey, what's up? This is another episode of Sketch and Release, and my name is Robert, and I am glad you are listening. Thank you for checking this out. You can also see video of this episode on Patreon, where you can actually see what I'm drawing for the next, oh, half hour or so. And you'll get to see uh, some other stuff up there, but the main thing is um, I'm glad you're checking this out and listening to it wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. And uh, let me get right into this. I really want to talk about um, this topic of inspiration. And I want to talk about it because it's it's very timely for me at the moment, uh, only because October... For the last couple of years, October's really been that time of year where somehow everything just aligns where I want to do something and I have an idea of something to do. And maybe it's like even the changing of the seasons, like the weather is great and the time of year is just, it's a different energy. I don't know, whatever it is, I just feel more creative this time of year. And it actually started a couple of years ago, really, but you know, Last year in 2020 was the first year I, I had, first year I had heard of it, uh, but it's called Adobe Max, and it's a couple of days, or I think actually three days, and you can tune in and watch or participate in sessions of, uh, you know, how-to sessions, how to use some of the tools and their software. You know, Adobe's big uh, in the in the visual arts and the multimedia and all those things. If you're a creative person, you probably know who Adobe is. If you don't. Check it out and get to know some of their tools. They are pretty much, you know, sometimes for better or worse, they are pretty much the industry standard. They really take it upon themselves to highlight creatives. And so they have sessions about, uh, you know, they, they have sometimes they have people that are known like uh, uh, actors or filmmakers or artists or musicians. They'll be able to show and talk about some you know, basically like industry perspective, you know, like uh, what they think makes uh, being creative important and why it's relevant to society and really kind of high level stuff, which is good to know. It's good to kind of understand that, you know, there are bigger forces in the creative space that really champion good work and good tools and good practices. It's good to see it or it's good to be reminded of it from time to time. Which is really great. I, I really like that. And that was kind of my big takeaway from it. So getting back to inspiration, like going through those three days of Adobe Max and really understanding and seeing how other creative people work, I, it just kind of gave me some new ideas about how to approach what I want to do and the ideas that I have. And, um, and even how to share that, how to get it out into the world. Because that's a big part of creating is you do create it for a purpose. You do create it for something else or for someone else. There was a point where I really thought that social media was a place to get, you know, some of my ideas out and whether it was uh, some artwork or photography, but you know, social media isn't really the place for that. 
And it, it kind of seems like it should be or could be. But when you think about all of the other things that are kind of wrapped into social media, in a way I look at it as creating something and presenting it to someone, it's kind of a one-way street. And I can create all I want, but that doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it's bad, but it's just what I have and what I've created. So taking that approach, you know, when I can look at art that I've done and show it to someone and they say, I like it, I don't like it, I don't care. Well, I've done my part. Whatever their reaction is, that's on them. And social media, sometimes it just kind of gets lost in the other the other stuff that's going on. So instead, I started to understand, like, there are probably better places for this. And with Adobe Max, I mean, I came right out of that looking at uh, Adobe's, basically their own kind of community. It's sort of a social network, but it's really geared for artists and people who are creating things. And it's called Behance. And I used it in the past. I, I had an account, of course, because if you have Adobe account, you have a Behance account. They're kind of tied together, right? And I'd had it for a while, for years, really. And I never really used it. And then I finally just, it just clicked of like why these things are kind of necessary for each other. So I started using that and I started one, just kind of build out your profile and put your artwork up there and share what it means and what the importance of it is or, or the goals of it. And, uh, but then, you know, the other side of it is you see everybody else's work and, and what their ideas are and their approaches and techniques. And, and there's so much to it. You can really kind of see behind the scenes because some people will even put up like the sketches or like a time-lapse or, um, you know, just different versions of it, uh, of things that they're creating, which is really cool. And that's much more than you might see, like just on someone's, you know, boring Instagram post. So I took that as a, as a really, um, as kind of a spark to, to do more and try more. And sometimes I, I see like, oh, well, that's an idea I had and that's a great execution. So now I, I want to tailor mine. I want to spin mine maybe in a different direction and, and see if I can come up with something different. Or, you know, maybe it's just like, uh, you know, that's someone did it the best that it could be done. So I'm going to try something else now. Either way, the point is that it gives you that spark. It gives you that that uh, nudge to try more and do more. And so, and just like Behance, there's another site that I found right around the same time, actually, uh, called ArtStation, which, you know, if you're a visual artist, I'm probably telling you about things you already know about. But if you don't, if you're just throwing stuff on your uh, Instagram account or, uh, I don't know, people still use Facebook and Twitter, whatever, any other place like that, the kind of common places where, you know, it's just going to get lost in a crowd. If you're looking for a place where you can really share your art for people who understand what it takes to create this stuff and appreciate it, check out Behance, check out ArtStation if you haven't already. Um, and if there are other sites like that that are similar or maybe better, you know, for a while I was looking at, um, oh, actually it was years ago, but there was a, there's a site uh, called Dribble, which... Um, I think it was more geared toward like posting um, like works in progress, like little snippets of something you were working on. And uh, I, I believe it's still around, but the idea was that it was 
similar, right? It was, it was a community for artists and creatives to just share their work and just show their ideas off. Either way, these kinds of things are great for just looking at what else is being done in the world. And the thing that really works for me with Instagram is that it's such a visual medium. And because of, you know, Facebook's creepy algorithm nonsense, it will steer you towards more things of what you already like, or it will reinforce the types of things that you are seeing with more things like those. And yeah, hey, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But when it comes to art and looking at, like if you're looking for a visual reference of something, put it, put it this way. If you're just kind of like hunting down, uh, I really like uh, the idea of um, drawing animals, okay? Or I, I just wanna see artwork of animals. Now, if you like a few of those in a row, I mean, most most likely you're going to get more of those coming at you, right? In your in your feed or in the whatever the mechanisms are for that. So that's that's kind of the good thing about it, you know. Whereas Behance and ArtStation, I think they're a little more random. They're just kind of as it actually, you know, is fed into the system by users. So you may just see all kinds of random things, not necessarily organized or uh, curated by machine to just really kind of give you more and more and more and more of the same. So, you know, whether that's a plus or minus, that's, that's up to you and how you, how you want to use it. But, um, you know, the other thing with Instagram is that there are so many people on the platform and, and so many people that are not artists and not interested in it that I wonder sometimes, is it just kind of throwing work that I'm creating just out into the void? And, and maybe it doesn't get appreciated. Maybe it doesn't even get seen. And maybe that's not important. You know, again, I'm creating what I want to create, whether anybody likes it or not, that's up to them. But that's where I come back to those, these other platforms. I, I really look at those as the place where I can maybe, um, I don't know, just kind of, uh, see more and understand more about what it takes to create some of this stuff. And, and just see different people's approaches to it. And so that's in a virtual space. That's in an online space, right? Which is great because you can see things created by people all over the world. You could, you could see something totally random or totally different, which is great. But there's also the real world. And there's also that aspect of being able to really share and discuss and to even collaborate with people in, in your area, in your circle, and maybe build on each other's ideas, build on each other's energy sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you have different ideas, but if everybody's going towards the same goal, well, you know, the 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 rising tide that lifts all ships, right? That's the idea. So, but you know, that was one of the things I really enjoyed up until like a couple of years ago when you could gather with people. Um, you know, I used to do this a lot with uh, film festivals and, you know, filmmaking scene here in, in my area. You see people trying to do things, trying to reach their goals and trying to make their dreams come true and all that stuff. And when you when you kind of roll all those people's energies into the same direction, I mean, you can get something going. You can you know, that snowball effect. It, it becomes like a bigger thing. It becomes like a movement in a way. And so, you know, being a part of that or, or at least the opportunity to be a part of that is great for the. I think for the creative mindset, you know, it, 
it really changes your motivation. It changes your attitude about what can be done and how much you can be doing that, how much you can participate. And being the, <laughs> and the last couple of years being what they are, it's been hard to be a part of that for a lot of people. And so it's kind of changed me in terms of my approach to it because, uh, you know, I'm like most people, I think right now, or, or for the last year or so, I've just kind of been in my own box and it's been able to at least help me focus a little bit more and create the things that I want to create, but it's sometimes hard to keep the momentum going. You know, when you can't kind of bounce it off of people so quickly, so immediately, like in person and, and directly, it's easier to just put it aside for a little while, you know, whatever your idea is, just, just kind of like set it down, go on to something else and then come back to it at some point. But you know, that energy of having someone else like directly there and being able to either collaborate or just, like I said, just, just share and, you know, uh, just build that, that creative energy without that. It's hard to be inspired sometimes. It's hard to even finish projects, but it's certainly harder to kind of take new things on. And so anybody who was able to do that, who's really able to overcome that, they're better off for it. And sometimes it's a struggle, but I really feel like um, being able to look at your ideas, regardless of your situation and, and regardless of... Um, you know, if you can get together with people or not, whether you have a place to uh, exhibit or, or show your work. I mean, it, it shouldn't hold you back from still pushing forward and at least creating. And maybe you're not creating with, you know, the perfect scenario or the perfect circumstances, but you're still creating. And those types of, you know, moments where you have to overcome that. That's where I think sometimes you can really get your best work. You know, when you're under the gun like that, when you're really under that pressure of like, I just need to do something. And so for me, you know, I go back to uh, Adobe Mac, seeing people in that event you know, dur during those few days, seeing their work, seeing the kinds of things that they're doing, the kind of things that are happening in the world. And sometimes it's people off in their own little boxes and they're still pushing stuff out. They're still making things. And, and great things, you know, they're just making it just to make it. They're making it with the idea that they want to make something great. And so when that happens and you see it happen and you kind of reinforced and reminded that there's still creativity and there's still things to, uh, there's still ideas to explore. That's a powerful thing. And so, um, you know, I've really, I've really taken it upon myself to, to adjust my, my own outlook, you know, I mean, getting to see other artists and see their work and, and, and even in some cases get to meet them and, and get to discuss in depth about what they're, what they're thinking and what their goals are. And, and even people from other disciplines, other mediums, you know, um, you know, I'm primarily a, a visual artist in terms of, uh, you know, graphic design and, and illustration. But, uh, you know, I've dabbled a little bit in film. 
I've done some short films and I've had fun with it and I'd like to do more. I got plenty of ideas for more stuff. But, you know, when I can talk to someone who's like a musician or, you know, sometimes like someone who does like sculpting or, or you know, uh, different kinds of work like that, that is really outside my wheelhouse. But I understand it still takes the same kinds of discipline and courage sometimes to uh, to go out and to try it and to make something. And that's always inspiring to me. So, you know, when I look at uh, the work around me, the world around me, I'm not just inspired by other art and by other, you know, design, because that is everywhere. But uh, I'm also inspired by film and music and books and all those sorts of things that, um, you know, sometimes they seem kind of throwaway. You know, the idea of uh, the popcorn movie or the, the bad movie. I have to remind myself that there still took work. There still took effort and there was still passion involved in even the, the worst of those kinds of things. You know, you may not enjoy it. You don't have to enjoy it, but you have to at least recognize. And sometimes you really got to respect how much work goes into it. And so that's where it's still that little kernel of, of, uh, of creativity that whatever it is, that still inspires me. It inspires me to keep trying and to keep pushing. And, and you know, if it's an idea that I just can't really nail down, I, I've been trying to figure it out and figure it out and find the right approach to it or, or the right angle or whatever. I know that someone out there got their uh, song produced and distributed and it's like a number one hit. And maybe I don't enjoy it. Maybe it's not my cup of tea, but man, somebody did the work and they got it done and now they're successful with it. And it's not to say you got to have a, like a number one hit to make a good song. It's just like winning an Academy Award doesn't mean you really are the best. It just means that's what you've been recognized for, right? The idea that you can create something that you feel is your best work and maybe it gets acknowledged. Maybe it gets uh, successful. The idea that you've done it, you've seen it through. That right there is so much inspiration that I feel like because there's so much in the world, there's so much art, there's so much, there's so many movies, there's so many songs, so many books, so much that's been created throughout really like the history of humanity, right? So much of it. It's hard sometimes to acknowledge that Every time, with every person, it takes work. From the best thing that you've ever seen or experienced to the worst things you've ever seen or experienced. They all take work. And sometimes the trick is when it looks like it was so easy or so effortless. You just think, oh, well, I mean, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it but not everybody can do it the way it was done there. So you have to remind yourself of that. And I, I often, I don't know, I, maybe it's just because I've gotten older, I really started to appreciate it more. You know, I used to be one to, I, I could talk all kinds of shit about movies, especially the really bad ones. But now that I've kind of been behind the camera, been behind the scenes, seeing what takes place and what effort has to go into it, like what has to be done before you even 
get a camera out. Now that I've seen that side of it, I have a whole new respect for it. Because I can watch a bad movie and I can say, wow, I'm not really enjoying this or, or, or I don't even understand this, but how did they pull that shot off? Or how did that actor get to that place in this scene? Meanwhile, I could see one of the most powerful movies and I can see little tiny things that uh, uh, a cinematographer or I can hear some things that only like a sound editor would probably hear and be like, oh man, why did they do it that way? And it's only because, you know, look, the, the medium evolves, right? If we're going to talk about movies specifically, if you watch movies today, if you've grown up on movies today in this age, especially like all these comic book movies where they're so, so sophisticated visually, uh, cinematically, narratively, they're so sophisticated now. If you've grown up on this, if you're of that generation and you go back and you watch movies from the 80s or or even like earlier than that in the 60s or, you know, if you go back to the very beginning of the film, there's a lot there that you will say, why did they do it like that? Or why does this look so bad? It could be one of the most highly regarded, most acclaimed films. And you will ask yourself that. You know, recently I finally sat down and watched the trilogy of Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Westerns. And, you know, it's a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more and the good, bad and the ugly. And you've seen, if you pay attention to any kind of films, you've seen the imagery, you've heard the music, you know, the actors, you know, the talent involved. And so, you know, it's regarded, you know, it's, it's iconic. It's like legend. And yet somehow I'd never seen the actual movies themselves. So I finally took it upon myself to watch these movies and really get into it and try to understand like what was so appealing about these movies that I missed out for all of these years. I mean, it's been 50 years since those movies came out. So um, sat down to watch them. And there's a lot to like there. And so I can only imagine the impact they had when they first came out. But to watch them today, you'd watch them through a different lens. You watch them through that perspective of, wow, the sound on these films is horrible. Like, why does the dialogue sound like that? Or how come, like, there's no background noise? How come, how come these camera angles are so kind of wobbly? How come the, the lighting here is so plain? And it's not in every, it's not throughout the entire film, but there are some parts where you could see, well, they did the best they could. And for the time, probably it was, you know, it was the best. But looking at it compared to things that are in production or, or being released today, well, yeah, there's no comparison. So you have to take that as it is that they did the best they could. And sometimes that can be inspirational because you can say, well, look, that movie looks really rough by today's standards but it's regarded as a classic. And why is it regarded as that? Let's say if you released a fistful of dollars today, it wouldn't be a hit. It wouldn't be a success. That's not to say it's a bad movie though. It's just not where culture and society and, and the art is today. 
But yet, that's because everything has changed. They still make films like those. They don't have Clint Eastwood in them. They're not necessarily Westerns. But that type of film with that intensity, they still make those. They're still out there. Sometimes they might be a science fiction film. Sometimes it might be a, a, a woman as the lead. So maybe they're in different forms these days, but they're still there. That all goes back to the sense of inspiration, the sense of appreciation and, and, and really respect for what other people are creating and how that informs what you create going forward. And so that's something I, I think if you take anything away, look, if you take away anything away from this whole podcast, from this whole, all of these episodes, is that I was inspired to do this. I was inspired to try this and do it as best I could or with, you know, with whatever ways I thought made sense by what I saw at Adobe Max. And even what I've seen from other podcasts and even what I've done in previous podcasts over the years. So it's really been a matter of taking those things, taking the ideas, taking the, the, the methods or the thinking and pushing that forward. Just kind of try something new, try something, kind of taking it to the next level. If you have something that has really been an inspiration or source of inspiration for you in your field or your uh, medium, whatever that might be. What is that? You know, what what is that that you recognize in it as the talent or the the motivation? And how is that in turn informed what you do? You know? Where do you get inspiration for the work that you do? How about that? That's our question. And you know, hey, just think about it. Even if you don't have an answer right off the bat, that's okay. Think about it. Take your time. It's for you. All right. So here's the thing. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to see some other episodes, you want to subscribe, go to sketchrelease.com. Uh, you can check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Robert Cortez. You can see video episodes. You can also see some other stuff that I'm posting up there every once in a while. Uh, some artwork or some other things, other projects that I've got in development. And um there's going to be some more stuff coming soon. So I've been kind of pushing things back a little bit as some things are taking a little longer, but that's all right. That's where you'll find some of that stuff. So thanks for listening. And until next time, keep creating.